As a parent, the first day of school is tough for me. I get so nervous that I'm full of anxiety and then I'm hit with the realization that my kids are getting older and will soon be leaving my home in a few years, but to me it feels like soon. I don't ever want my kids to leave. I want them to stay with me. I want them to get married and live with me and have kids and live with me. I want to have my kids around me for the rest of my life. I'm that mom. My husband is not that parent. (laughs) He is so ready for them to go. But I enjoy preparing them for the first day of school. I enjoy school supply shopping. Some people may hate it, but I love the experience of allowing them to pick out uh, the material and the supplies that they need to be able to be successful in class. It's a fun time for me and it's a great bonding experience for me and my children. Of course, I can do the easy thing and shop online, but the decision I made to create this bonding moment means a lot to me. Every year I notice that my kids go through this change and transition where they are becoming different versions of themselves. They're no longer the little babies. <laughs> the little babies that I dropped off at the daycare are the little kids that were a little bit nervous when they first started elementary school. It takes me back to when I first started elementary school. Kindergarten was, I was joining kindergarten and entering in kindergarten was a special day for me because it was my moment to begin a new experience outside of my home, outside of being around my family and my cousins, but being around other people. And I was beginning my learning journey. I always thought I was a smart little cookie (laughs) as a little girl, but I loved and looked forward to going to school and learning. Kindergarten was also the day I declared my independence. And when I say I declare my independence, it is independence from my name. So my full name is Andrella Rosetta, at the time Mayberry. And I walked into my kindergarten class. The teacher had us write our name on a piece of paper um, so that she can identify us. And so when I wrote my name down, instead of writing Rosetta, which is the name that all of my family members call me, anybody who has known me my entire life, they know that I go by the name Rosetta. And so that's what they call me, they call me Rosetta. But I hated that name, oh, I hated that name. It made me feel older than what I really was. So I decided I want to change my name and use my first name, which is Andrella. And so I wrote on a piece of paper, as neat as I could as a little bitty girl, Andrella. And in that moment, something came over me. I felt like this is a new beginning. (laughs) I am gonna run the world. At five years old, I already knew the career path I had planned for myself. I was going to be a psychiatrist, a lawyer, and a world famous singer all at the same time. Those were my dreams. (laughs) And no one could tell me different. Those are the things I wanted to do. I felt so strong. I felt so powerful. I felt like a boss at five years old. I came home excited with this feeling of happiness, with this feeling of excitement. 
this feeling that this was my time and this is the beginning of a new beginning for me. But that moment quickly shifted. It quickly shifted when I was asked to be in a position to play the role of a woman. All in just a swift moment. So let me explain that to you. I came home from school and my own father began this whole season or series of interactions with me and that was the beginning of me being molested by the hands of my father at five years old all that power and strength and courage and fearlessness was taken away from me in a moment on the same day I never forget the moment that was initiated upon me. I never forget the place, the room, the smell of my abuser, the atmosphere, all of that stuck with me in that very moment. I changed. And when I say that I changed, that moment, that experience that lasted until I was 12 years old, stuck with me my entire life. It still is so much a part of me. It's very much a part of me today. How I interact with people, how I build up these moments of wanting to get to know people on a deeper level without having this hesitation. I still struggled with trusting men. I went through a whole series of things that I will get into later. But for now, I wanted you to know about some of the elements in my life that created this opportunity to allow what I talked about in my last episode, that feeling of numbness, that period of numbness to take place in my life. Being abused as a child is something that creates and that adds insecurity, it adds pain, it adds anger, and it takes away all of the innocence and purity of the moment that should be experienced by someone who is five years old. It was a horrible day for me. It was the worst day for me. And that level of abuse, that kind of abuse happened to me until I was 12 years old. 12 years old. So just imagine looking into the eyes of your children that are between the ages of 5 and 12 and them having to endure that type of abuse on a regular basis. I never have forgotten each moment that happened to me. I remember one time while I was being molested, I was crying. I just thought in my mind, maybe if I cried so hard, Maybe it would stop, but it didn't. My mouth was covered and it didn't stop. I had to endure that experience for so many years that in order for me to break down the layer of all of these things that have prevented me from really realizing and taking action upon a bunch of things I wanted to take action on, 
it took me years, and when I say years, I mean a lot of years, guys, to break that thing down. The moment that freed me from that, the moment that saved my life, I like to refer to it as the great escape. It was the moment that my mom made a decision because she was being physically abused and had endured physical abuse and domestic violence for 20 years of her life with the same man. She made a decision that she no longer wanted to be on the receiving end of being physically harmed, of being insulted and told that they would never amount to anything. She made a decision that she didn't want her children to grow up to continue to witness that. She made a decision that she didn't want to continue to have to pick up needles, drug needles, pick up crack paraphernalia, pick up and clean up evidence of my daddy being addicted to drugs. She didn't want to have to do that every day of her life. She didn't want to have to boil water in order to create hot water for her children to have a warm bath because we didn't have hot running water. She didn't want to light candles so that we were able to see what was happening in our own home because she couldn't afford to pay the electricity bill because her money was constantly stolen. She made a decision out of courage. She came home and said enough was enough. And so she planned her great escape. She planned this escape in a way that I, when I think about it now as an adult, I'm like, wow, how could she do this on her own with five children? I remember that day so vividly because when I came home from school that day, it was just a different feeling that I had. Didn't know why, but the school bus driver took us to my mom's job versus taking us home, which was right in front of the apartments where we lived. Yeah, we lived in the projects. We saw a lot of things. And my mom was ready to move us out of that atmosphere as well. So we get to my mom's job and she comes out covered in flour. I remember that. My mom was known at this place where she worked at, a restaurant where she worked at for making the best peach cobbler. And so she was covered in flour for making pans and pans of it. And she came to us and she said, hey, let me know what you want to eat. Whatever you want, your favorite thing you can have today. And then also I want you to go home and pick one thing you can't live without. As a 12-year-old girl, I didn't know what it meant, what she meant by picking one thing you couldn't live without, not realizing that she's saying this because this is the last thing that you will be able to possess possess before we make this great escape. And so I go home at 12 years old. My sisters are there. They're younger than me. And we all grab a toy because we're kids. I still had the mindset of a child, even though I was being treated as a woman. But I grabbed my Cabbage Patch Kid, little DeAndre. And we walk back to the restaurant, eat an amazing meal. I know I had catfish for sure, because that's the thing that I love to eat even until this day. And then the next thing I remember is that we're in a car with my aunt. We're at her home and the phone rings. The phone rings and I know it's my father because I saw the look on my aunt's face when she heard his voice on the other line. And I saw my mom make a quick move to get us out of my aunt's house. 
So then we leave to go to my aunt Cookie's house. Now the original, the first aunt was my dad's sister, my aunt Diane, who was a queen of all queens. I love her. Her spirit and demeanor is always the same and sweet and beautiful and I cried any time we had to leave her home because her house was a source of peace for me. But we left from Aunt Diane's house and we moved over to Aunt Cookie's house. I think we stayed there for about a day or two. Aunt Cookie gave us each an outfit because we needed clothes because my mom left everything behind. I had DeAndre in an outfit and my mom had her four girls. I have a brother who is my fifth sibling. He had to stay behind because he needed to get his paycheck in order to pay for his bus ticket. And he met us where we were going within a week. So we leave from Aunt Cookie's house and we get on the Greyhound bus and I remember watching my mother doing something that I haven't seen her do in so long, which was sleeping. She looked so restful and peaceful and just content. And then whenever she would wake up, she would look over at us, checking to make sure that we were okay. And then she would go back to sleep. In and out of sleep, she would go. But I knew that she was afraid and she was unsure of what she was going to do next. What is my next step? What am I going to do with these five children on my own? Not even realizing that she had been raising us on her own, even with the presence of my father. Not even knowing that that move that she made actually saved us from our abuser. We didn't share that story about our own abuse. And when I say our, two of my sisters also experienced the abuse at the hands of my father, but we didn't share those experiences. I didn't share my experience until my sister was brave enough to share hers. And we were both 30 years old. So at 30 years old, For all of those years, from 12 to 30, I held that secret. So we leave the Greyhound bus and we end up here in the Dallas area with my aunt, her three kids, my mom, her five kids in a three bedroom apartment. My goodness, (laughs) what an experience. My aunt had girls, so she had three girls. My mom had four girls. And my poor brother was the only man in the house. Which explains why, right after graduation, he was on the next bus smoking to the Navy. He left us because he needed peace. So we ended up staying there for a little bit and I watched my mom work several jobs to get us our own place. And when we moved into our own apartment, I celebrated as if we moved into a mansion and it was so not that we had no furniture but what I remember is that it was clean free of rodents and bugs free of drug paraphernalia and my dad wasn't there we were free of everything we ran around that apartment I remember doing a couple of cartwheels in the middle of the living room. And then when someone donated our bed to us, that was the first time we ever slept in a legitimate bed. (laughs) It felt so good to sleep in in a place where you didn't have to worry about in the middle of the night your innocence and childhood. 
would be compromised. Being a child was not easy for me. The ages of five to 12, it was tough. But being an adult now was even harder because I had to figure out how to break down my own wall of insecurity, of fear, of everything. I denied myself of so many things. I didn't take chances the way I wanted to and I hated that I didn't do that. But it was because of the moments that happened on the first day of school. I am so thankful for my mom for making the decision to take us away from that experience because it taught me a lot. It taught me what resilience looks like, what courageousness looks like. It taught me how to battle and work through fear. She taught me how to hustle, how to grind. And I say that because my mom can turn anything into everything. If you're listening out there and you have experienced the same experience that I have had, I will give you a little bit of light that exists at the end of the tunnel. My experience is a journey that I am going to continue to share, but I struggled with relationships, not to be not to to be all perfect and happy about everything, but I struggled with relationships. But you can still have a beautiful, healthy relationship through that. You just got to make sure that you're talking to the right people and you're seeking the right guidance and you're using whatever you have at your disposal to help ground you spiritually, mentally, and physically. Our bodies as children were not made to be put in positions that my body was put in as a child. Our bodies as adults are not made to be put in positions that take us outside of ourselves. We deserve to be honored and treated with the utmost respect. We deserve, if we are children, to be able to enjoy and appreciate our childhood. It is so important that if you have children that you sit down and have a conversation with them about experiences like this and make sure that you give them a voice to not wait until they are 30 to tell someone about what is happening. Times have changed since I was a child. So there are laws in place to protect your children. Protect your children at all cost. Protect yourself at all cost. Victims of abuse such as myself, not everyone, but I'm speaking from my own experience. We take those things and we figure out What way do I want to channel this energy? I decided for a long time that I've always wanted to share this story to help encourage and empower others that have experienced what I've experienced. But I, of course, delayed that for a long time, as you guys have learned already about me. The time is now for us to do what is right for ourselves, what is right for our significant others, and what is right for our children. We have to stand in courage. I have to say that again. We have to stand in courage. Move past fear. Kick through fear. Rechannel that feeling of fear into something else. And stand in courage. 
this is my perspective, my side of the story. I keep saying that, of course, but I don't think I've ever really dug deep into my brother's experience. So in our next episode, I'll be talking to the beautiful sweet spirit known as my brother. I want to hear his journey, and I want you to hear his journey and story through his beautiful, sweet eyes. (laughs) So I can't wait for you to join us again in the next episode of Sass Chronicles.